Good morning, everybody. Afternoon, yeah, perhaps. Thank you all so much for coming to the afternoon service, even after you heard last week that I was going to be preaching. It's great to still see a great crowd here. Uh, thankful again for the opportunity to preach. Uh, as Pastor says on Sundays, and I've said before, uh, I'm not anything special. Uh, I've just been given the call to preach from God, and I want to follow that calling. And I believe he's given me a message today uh, to bring to the church. And uh, I love when pastor's preaching and you get kind of a confirmation of your message while pastor's preaching. Like, okay, this is really what I'm supposed to be. This is the message that God has for me to preach today. And I got that today while pastor is preaching, and I'm very excited to get to preach this for you today. Uh, the title is Give Your All to God, and if everybody could turn to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings 13, and we're going to go through verses 14 through 19. I don't know about you guys, but I love going through my Bible and going through these some of these lesser-known chapters, like sometimes ones that we just skip over with stories in there. It can get kind of a little old with the kings, you know, reading through some of the stories, and this one didn't obey God, and sometimes we can start just skipping along there, but I love uh, kind of diving deep in and studying these little stories that sometimes we can miss and drawing some spiritual truth from them. So let's go ahead and take a look. We'll start reading in uh, verse number 14 there, 2 Kings 13. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it, and Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground, and he smote thrice, and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him, and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then thou hadst uh, smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you once again for this opportunity to preach. Thank you for a church that wants to hear your word and is eager to learn. And Lord, thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach this week and to be your vessel to bring your message. And Lord, just please help uh, this sermon to be something that somebody needs to hear. Lord, something that you have for someone today, Lord, and just help it to be a blessing. Lord, once again, thank you for this time and thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have ever heard or s heard someone else say, I can't do it? It's impossible. Halfway is better than not at all, or it's just flat out, I quit. I don't know about you guys, but when Pastor is talking about negative 62 degrees Celsius wind chill, I was thinking, I can't do that. That sounds impossible. But how many times do we do that in our spiritual lives? How many times do we be given opportunities by God and think, there's no way I could do that? That's not possible. We quit before we even get started. In today's passage, we find the prophet Elisha at the end of his life on earth. Joash has come to him in his final days to mourn over him and get counsel one more time of him. So let's take a look at the response of Joash today and how he responds to the Lord and see how we can apply that to our lives. So first of all, we'll look at 
you have to allow God to direct and help you. You have to allow God to direct and help you in circumstances of life. If we look at verse number 16 there, 2 Kings 13, 16, and he said to the king of Israel, this is Elisha talking, put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it, and Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And these times, kings were known to be men of war. Kings would go out and battle with their men. They'd be right on the front lines with them fighting. Uh, many times, like we'll read in the Bible, stories of uh, kings that would die in battle because they're right out there fighting with them. So Joash would have been very familiar with a bow and arrow. He knew exactly how to, he knew exactly how to use one. He probably had used one many times before. They're going through a war right now. He probably just used one the other day before he came to talk to Elisha. But he picks up the bow, and Elisha puts his hands on the king's hands as if it's the first time he's ever shot a bow. Joash had to humble himself and let Elisha put his hands on his hands and basically shoot the bow for him, like use his hands to shoot, and he had to do that. Sometimes it's hard for us to humble ourselves when we've done something so many times. We get so used to doing things ourselves that we think we don't need God to do it for us. Joash could have very easily, can you imagine if he had told Elisha, you know, sit down, I got this. Yeah, God said to do this, but I can do it myself. You know, don't, don't, I know how to shoot a bow. I don't need you to teach me how. Can you imagine the blessings that he would have missed out on? He would have missed out on God's blessing because in the verses that we just read from, uh, that the arrow of deliverance from Syria, thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. God gave him victory in that battle because he allowed the man of God to direct him every step of the way and allowed him to help him even though he had done the same thing a million times. What's something in our life that we've done so many times, spiritually speaking in this instance, that we've done so many times, we've prayed so many times, we've read our Bible so many times, we've gone to church so many times, we think, God couldn't possibly teach me something new in this. I already know what to do. God, I got this handled. God, I don't need you to teach me how to read my Bible. I've got my Bible reading plan set already. You know, God gives you a passage that he wants you to read, something a little off plan, but uh, we don't want to go off plan. You know, we have our plan. We know what we're supposed to do. God, I got this. I've read my Bible before. God brings a certain prayer request to mind. God brings somebody that you should pray for to mind. He's like, ah, eh, you know, I have my prayer list. They weren't on my prayer list. You know, I have this certain order that I go in, and they're not in that order. They're not for this week. You know, I pray for certain people each week. They're not in this week. So, God, maybe not today. You know, I know how to pray. I know I have my list. I don't need your help. What are we denying ourselves blessings in because we're not allowing God to put his hands over ours and to help us pray, to help us read our Bibles, even to come to church? Man, I feel like that as Christians is one of the things that we can get so comfortable in that can become so easy. But church isn't meant to just be come and sit down and get preached at. That's not the meaning of church. That's not the only thing church is. Church is a body. Church is a living body that has things to do, that has activities that need to be done throughout the week, and the church isn't just on Sunday. We're not only the church when we're sitting in here on a Sunday morning. Uh, so what are we not allowing God to do in our lives and to teach us even when we come to church, even when we are the church out during the week? We have, to, we have to be thinking about that and be willing to let God teach us even when we think we have something handled. Let's look at verse 18 and continue with our second lesson here. We have to be willing to go all the way. 
See, Joash obeyed well. He listened at the beginning. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. The man of God took his hands. He told him to open the window. He told him to shoot westward, and he shot westward. He did everything he was supposed to do, and he got a blessing from the Lord. But it didn't stop there. 2 Kings 13, 18 says, And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. Here Joash is given some direction from the Lord. Smite your arrows on the ground. Now to most people that might seem like a pretty foolish thing. You know, uh, if you're a hunter, or even if you know about bows and certain tips on stuff on bows are pretty expensive. They had to make everything by hand back then. You know, they, they may have had a lot, but it seemed wasteful maybe to Joash to just take arrows and smash them on the ground. Uh, that would completely mess up the arrow and you wouldn't be able to use them. So to him, it may not have made sense to do it, but God told him to do it. There's no quantity given, no further direction. All that he's given is strike the ground with your arrows. And here's where Joash missed his opportunity. Joash missed the opportunity that God had for him here. He, he obeyed in the beginning, and he obeyed willingly. He had the man of God taking his hands and shoot, helping him shoot. But here in this section, God has him do this by himself. Elisha doesn't stand up and take his hands for this part. Elisha doesn't tell him how many arrows that he needs to put into the ground. This part is up to Joash to obey the Lord and to obey his leading. Joash only did it three times. He only took the slightest opportunity that he could. He had a quiver of arrows, and he struck, and he struck, and he struck the ground, but he chose to stop at three. He could have kept going. He had the resources, he had a whole quiver of arrows, but he chose to stop at three. Perhaps Joash thought God had already promised him victory, so why do such a silly thing? Again, like I said, to a king, it wouldn't make any sense to strike arrows into the ground. It would ruin the arrows. You know, uh, three is probably enough. But he missed the full opportunity of God's intention for him, and when he quit, the victory was lost as well. It wasn't only this decision didn't only affect him. It affected others around him. His ability to use the resources that God gave him and his ability to fully trust and obey God affected others. He was the king of Israel, and he had an opportunity here to keep going and to keep working and to keep allowing God to use him, but he decided to stop at three arrows. Second Kings thirteen nineteen says, And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times, then thou hast smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. How many times have we found ourselves unable to claim full victory in something in our life because we gave up too soon? We had the resources, we had the ability, we had the leading, but we stopped short. We almost filled out that volunteer form for church, but something came up. Something happened right then while we were filling it out. We decided it could wait till later. We almost did it, but then we stopped. We got to the website. We almost filled out the form. We're like, ah, if God will, wants me to help, you know, he'll make it obvious. God's not going to fill out the form for you. Pastors asked for help. That's about as obvious as it can get. I'll encourage you in that. We have that volunteer form. I would encourage you to fill that out. I almost did it. I was close. I almost completed it but I didn't quite finish it all the way. I'll do it later. We almost witnessed to our coworker, but thought another time would come, so we stopped. Uh, you know, maybe this isn't the best time. I'm just going to stop right now. They'll be here next week. You know, they'll always be here. 
Uh, I'll, I'll use another time to talk to him. I don't have to talk to him right now. We stopped short when God gave us the opportunity and the resources to talk to them. We prayed and prayed years for a specific request, and God has, hasn't answered how we wanted, so we give up. We have the opportunity, we have the resources, we have God's infinite riches that we can pull from, God's infinite mercy and promises, and we stop praying. I understand it can get discouraging. I have an uncle that I've been praying for for probably about 15 years to be saved. We're still praying for him. This isn't to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, as an example, we got to keep praying for those people. Like, how, how much is enough? How do we quantify how much someone's soul is worth? I prayed uh, two years, so that's probably good enough. If they're going to get saved, they will, and if they're not, they're not. I, we have to be willing to put in more work. We have to be willing to use those resources. We have to be willing to use that quiver of arrows that God gave us to be able to use. What is he telling you to strike the ground with today? Are you willing to use those resources that God has? Are you willing to strike those arrows on the ground, or are you going to stop partway through? Is three enough? Is three enough for you? If you put yourself in Joe Ash's shoes, you're standing in front of Elisha, you have a quiver full of arrows, and he tells you to strike the ground with the arrows. It's easy for us to look, look back and say, oh yeah, easily, I would, have, I would have done every arrow. But honestly, like, think about it. You're in that situation. How many would you have struck into the ground before you thought, okay, this is enough. This is getting a little silly. I've done, I've done enough. This is probably good enough. Apply that to today. How many times is enough for you? How many times have you prayed that, okay, that's enough. I've prayed enough. It's getting, God's not listening. God's not answering how I want. That's enough. I've witnessed to my coworker, they're getting close, but they haven't really listened. They're not really listening anymore, so I'm going to stop. That's enough. I give up. I quit. I stop. God, I tried. I tried enough times. God gave his life on the cross for us. He gave everything for us. God used every arrow he had, and he gave it all for us. And we're not willing to give all that we have for him. We're not willing to use all the resources that he gives us. And finally, I want to look at, you get out what you're willing to put in. Unfortunately, we look at the end of the story here, and we can see in 2 Kings 13.25, if we go down to the bottom there, and Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, took again out of the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Haziel, the cities which he had taken out of the hand of Jehoahaz, his father, by war. And this last sentence here uh, tells us the end of the story for Joash. This is the last we really hear of him and this story. Three times did Joash beat him and recover the city of Israel. Three times did Joash beat him. Just like Elisha said was going to happen, just like God said was going to happen, he put in the three arrows he was told he was going to get victory three times. We see here at the end of the verse, three times did Joash beat him and recovered the city of Israel's. Three. He stopped at three and he got three. Now I'm not saying this is some kind of prosperity gospel. Oh, you know, you put down 50,000 arrows, you know, God's going to bring it all back to you. And that's not the point of this story. The point of this story isn't trying to take advantage of God or take advantage of some promises and trying to reap in for our own benefit. The point of this story is to show that are you willing to use all the resources God has given you for others? 
Are you willing to reach out to others? Are you willing to put those arrows into the ground, not for your own benefit, but to benefit others? Can you imagine how different the story would be if he had put all the arrows down? If he had chucked enough arrows into the ground to garner victory, that had had enough faith to get victory from the, with the Lord? How different the history of Israel would be if he had beaten the Syrians there completely, had completely destroyed them? How many lives would be saved and how many lives would be different from that area? We can't even fathom the effect that would have on history if he had done that. Sometimes we can look at our own decisions and at the things that we do as such small things. They're such little things. Like, what I decide to do can't possibly have that much of an effect on somebody else, but it does. Everybody that you interact with on a daily basis, everybody that you see, everybody that you talk with, don't talk with, is affected by your decision. That one person that you didn't reach out to you could have changed the course of their lives with the gospel, but you decided that I've witnessed to enough people today. The Lord was leading you to witness to somebody and you stopped. You get out what you're willing to put in. This is the end of Joash's story. He gave up too easily and exactly like God said, he had three victories and three victories only. Don't settle with the bare minimum. Don't settle in your spiritual life with the bare minimum. Don't be okay with just doing the least amount for God. If somebody were to come in uh, at the back of the church and as you left today were to say, hey, every jumping jack you do, I'll give you $500 for every jumping jack. Man, people would be lined up waiting. They would wait for their opportunity. They'd be huffing and puffing. They'd do as many jumping jacks as they could. They'd probably go until they collapsed or until they literally couldn't jump anymore to get out as much as they could to get that last $500 that they could. And I mean, I, I would too. I'm saying I'm right there with you. Yeah, somebody offered me 500 bucks for jumping back jacks. I'd be doing it too. But how come when it comes to the things of God, we're okay with doing the bare minimum? When it comes to earthly riches, we're willing to do whatever it takes to get them. But to affect somebody's eternal position their eternal relationship with Jesus Christ, we're okay with doing the bare minimum. I'm okay with doing the bare minimum. I don't reach out to everybody that I should. God's given me leadings that I haven't always followed. But there's somebody's life is hanging in the balance. And we're okay with skipping that opportunity. Sometimes it's so easy to get focused on the things of earth here, and it's so easy to quantify it that way. It's like, yeah, well, $500, man, I could use that money so much, but how does that compare to eternity? What is that going to matter in eternity? I got one more pair of shoes. I got one more suit. Awesome. Fantastic. What, what does that matter? But when it comes to, man, I reached one more person for Christ. You know, I dove a little deeper into the scripture. You know, I learned more from the Bible. I prayed for that person. You know, you saw a difference in their life. They're coming to church more often. How do you quantify that? How much is enough for you? Where are you willing to stop? Where are you willing to see God stop working? I know that uh, I've done that in my life and I've been guilty of that, just stopping. Thinking I've done enough. Thinking, I mean, it's very easy to come up here and, and preach and be like, oh, you know, I preached this week, awesome, good, I'm set. I filled my spiritual quota. But, you know, what am I going to do this week to reach out to others? 
what am I going to do to thrust those arrows into the ground and look for God's blessing? Satan's not going to stop fighting us. Satan wants you to keep that quiver full. He knows you have the resources. He knows that you have God's uh, promises, and he knows that if we use them, the truth can't be stopped. He knows that he can't stop the truth, and the only way that he can try to stop the truth is to stop us from sharing it. And we make it so easy for him sometimes. All he has to do is throw in a little change to our schedule. All he has to do is throw in maybe a little extra money to work on a Sunday. All he has to do is maybe throw in, um, throw in a kid. Sometimes it's hard to come to church in the mornings when your baby's upset and they don't want to get dressed and they throw up on their clothes and you got to change them right before and it's like, okay, we're just going to stay home today. And, you know, it's crazy to me how easy it is sometimes for, for us to just stop short. It's so easy to quit. When you come to the end of your life, will you be able to say, I gave everything I had and used God's resources to their fullest extent? Or will you have a hollow feeling inside of your soul that you quit too soon, that you expected too little, that you did not strike with all the arrows God provided? I think sometimes the issue is, is that we just expect too little. We don't expect God to answer our prayers in miraculous ways. And, you know, sometimes it's not some big, not every single answer to prayer is some big miraculous uh, acts moment where thousands of souls are saved and baptized. That doesn't happen every time. But God wants to see us be faithful in the little things. He wants us to do that little thing. To Joash, it was probably a little thing of striking the arrow into the ground. He got tired of doing the little things. He wanted the big victories. He wanted to go on and beat the Syrians, but he didn't want to do what it took to get there. He didn't want to do the little thing that God had for him to do before he got there. What little things are we skipping out on today? Think about the little things in your life that need to get done. We all want the big aha moments of God coming and using us to do amazing things, but we're not being faithful in the little things. We have to be faithful in the little things before we can do the big things because the little things are preparing us for the big thing. We want God to bring these opportunities but we're not ready for those opportunities yet. We haven't done the little things. If God brought those big opportunities to you, if God brought those big opportunities to me, I wouldn't be ready yet. We wouldn't be ready yet because we haven't been doing the little things. And God wants us to be able to do those big things, but he wants to see us be faithful in the small everyday things. Reading your Bible, praying. So I ask today, is your quiver still full? Do you still have a quiver full of arrows that are waiting to be used, that God is waiting for you to throw into the ground for him? Are you willing to do what the world may consider silly things? The world thinks we're ridiculous for coming here and using our Sundays to go to church. The world thinks we're ridiculous in some of the things that we believe. But are you going to say, you know, I can't do it. I quit. It's impossible. Or are you willing to reach out and try and keep going, keep throwing those arrows down until your quiver's empty, until you've used all the resources that God has for you? I guarantee you that we'll quit long before God quits on us. God will never quit on us. God always has those resources readily available. God always has everything ready for us to use. And it's not, it's not God, it's us, it's me, the problem not willing to work, not willing to put in the work, not willing to use the resources. So I ask you today, are we using those resources? Think about that as you go throughout this week.
Think about those opportunities where God's asking you to do a little thing. Are you willing to stop at, th- at three? Are you willing to stop at the least amount? Are you willing to stop when you're done? Or are you going to keep going until God is done? Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, Lord, thank you for this day once again. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to preach. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for even some of not the best stories in the Bible, Lord, that we can learn from. Lord, uh, the mistakes of others that you allow us to learn from. And Lord, please help us to use this opportunity this week. Lord, please help us to use the resources that you provided for us and to be willing to throw that last arrow into the ground, Lord, to end our lives with an empty quiver, doing all that we could do for you. And Lord, once again, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.